When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. to the NFL Mocks Podcast. I am your humble host, Brooks Austin, and I'm coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. My boy Sarah is on the other out there in Omaha. Sarah, how are we doing tonight, my guy? Hey, doing awesome, man. Doing awesome. It's pretty cool that we can connect from this far away. I think that's crazy still. I mean, it just blows my mind. Yeah, man, technology is a pretty cool thing, even though sometimes I don't understand how the hell it works and you've got to walk me through all of it anyways. But we've got a great show for the audience tonight. Maybe the the show will be a little easier to figure out uh, than this Google Hangouts is and this YouTube live streaming thing. But hey, you know what? If you can't figure something out in life, you just better off asking. Ain't that right, sir? That's right. It's all for the people. You know what? We do this for we do this for all of you because we love you guys. Exactly, exactly. We love you, even though most of you, we don't know, even though. Shout out to you, Mom. I love you. I know you probably listen <laughs> to this anyways. Um, but on tonight's show, guys, we're going to go through each of the teams uh, with new quarterbacks, whether it be through the draft or whether they picked a new quarterback up in free agency and talk about, you know, who benefits most, whether it be a receiver on a team or in a specific case, uh, an offensive coordinator, or a coach. Uh, we'll talk about who these moves valued for most who it impacts the most and uh whatnot moving forward and then maybe we'll hit on some of the receivers that move teams uh again whether that be via a trade or free agency um or perhaps some guys in the draft so let's get started uh sarah with the teams that drafted a quarterback uh and i'll let you go first we'll start with the cardinals obviously they draft kyler murray this year um i think there are two major winners but i'll let you go first sarah who are your big winners uh for this change here at quarterback uh there in arizona man i think if if we're talking about potential winners i love that you included coaches in this and that kind of got me to thinking too about executives and so i think that a potential big potential mm. winner from this is steve keim because i think we've even mentioned it on a previous show steve keim is is really fighting for his job right now i mean the cardinals didn't do well the year uh, they drafted Josh Rosen. Obviously, they got the number one pick in the draft. That's why I mean, that's why they got Kyler Murray in the first place. And so, I think Steve Kimes' job is in jeopardy. And then he put it even in more jeopardy by hiring a coach in Cliff Kingsbury who had a losing record in college at Texas Tech. 
And so I know it's not easy to win at Texas Tech either, but man, I mean, they're they're trying this this next Sean McVay thing and they're they're going deep dive into this. And so Steve Kimes got a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He trades away last year's number one pick. He goes after a guy who bucks every trend as far as like size profiles and and things that we've come to expect from a number one pick in the NFL draft, the shortest quarterback ever taken number one overall. And uh, I think Kime has really put his chips all into the center of the table. And I hope they give him more than one year because it's kind of like that whole Sashi Brown thing with Cleveland. Like they, they gave him all that time to accumulate all those picks and he was kind of starting to pull the right triggers. And then all of a sudden he's gone and you know, here they are. They've, they have one draft under John Dorsey and they're looking really strong, but you know, I think Steve Kimes, he, he could be arguably the biggest winner from this in the end. You know, I like that pick and Steve Kime there. Um, and, you know, I love what he did in this draft. I wasn't so high on the move to go up there for Kyler Murray. But like you say, man, you hire the head coach there in Cliff Kingsbury. And I don't necessarily know if that was Steve Kime's decision exactly. Maybe that was the, you know, the owner's decision. That's the one thing about the NFL world we don't truly know and we never will until we're completely involved, is how much these owners are making these decisions for the general managers. But again, outside of that Kyler Murray pick, I think he hit on some really good football players. I think Zach Allen there in the third round is better for them. And you and I have already talked about how much I love Lamont Gallard, the center they picked up out of Georgia there in the fifth round. So I think Kime's got a lot to prove there. And if Kyler Murray, that pick pays off, He's going to get the credit for it. But it's got to show up in the win columns, man. Arizona has to win this year. Or I think you're right. Steve Kimes' seat is pretty hot. I think there's two really, really big winners here in Arizona. For me, the very first one has to be Cliff Kingsbury. This is his guy. He's been on record stating that uh, Kyler Murray is the dream quarterback for his system. And so if the system doesn't work with your dream quarterback, the guy you've labeled as the guy, then it probably just ain't going to work in the NFL. And the second guy for me that really wins with this draft pick is David Johnson. This is a guy that was one of the, the best backs in the league in 2016. And then in 2017, he gets hurt there with the wrist. And then last year, it's like he's never, he wasn't even the same guy because the offense was just so bad in general. So I think Kyler may have the potential uh, to relieve some of the pressure off Johnson, hopefully, if not for just, you know, taking some looks off of them in an option, which I'm sure is going to be heavy there in Arizona. What do you think about those two? And do you have any more there, sir? Gosh, I love that pick of David Johnson actually. And, and just imagine if the Cardinals could get 2016 David Johnson back and last year's Heisman version of Kyler. I mean, you just think about those dream scenarios. That's why they make these picks, right? I mean, they make these picks because you look at these things on paper and you say, wow, if we can get prime David Johnson, if we could get, uh, if we could get one more big year out of Larry Fitz, if we can get the best out of Kyler, if we can maximize the O-line. They brought in a new O-line coach. I know him well from his year in Denver. Sean Kugler did a great job there. If we can get max, uh, you know, max production out of the O-line, uh, they've got, I mean, they've got some interesting pieces there. I'm not saying that the Cardinals are going to come out and be this worst to first team, especially in that division. But man, if you get the best on best of David Johnson and Kyler Murray this year, I, mean, I think that could be a lot of fun. So I really like that pick. Absolutely. Let's move on to the next quarterback that was taken off the board. They're at pick number six in this year's NFL draft. The New York Giants obviously selected Daniel, Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, a lot of people laughed about it. Uh, but mm -hmm. to me, man, right off the bat, I think there are very few winners in this situation because obviously of how bad of a pick it was, or at least in the likes in the mind 
kinds of but if I had to choose one, it would have to be Eli Manning, man. The calls for Daniel Jones will eventually come from the stands. But I legitimately think if this were, you know, a Dwayne Haskins or even, you know, be a, a Drew Locke there in New York, I think fans are calling, especially those New York Giants fans and New York fans in general, I think they'd be calling for the head of Eli Manning if they knew, absolutely knew, the guy behind Eli Manning right now as a rookie would be slightly better, just a hair better. Um, but I don't think that fan base feels very good about Daniel Jones. If you don't believe me, just go read some of the common replies on the tweets, man, from when that guy was drafted. It was ugly. It was not nice, almost to the point where everyone uh, you know, in the media world even felt some sympathy towards Daniel Jones for just his name coming off the board there, which is absolutely uh, insane, which is how the reaction was there in New York. So that's my big winner. It's Eli Manning, man. He's going to stay on the field just a little bit longer mm -hmm. with this draft pick of Daniel Jones, in my opinion. What do you think, sir? Yeah, I'm going to say the biggest winners from this situation are the Redskins, Cowboys, and Eagles. I mean, you, you talk about having a, either an established quarterback situation or I think the Redskins got a better prospect in Dwayne Haskins. And so, and I think they also have a much better supporting cast around him just in general. But the Giants, to go in... I don't ever fault a team for going to get their guy, all right? I mean, I think that's if that's your guy, you go get him. That doesn't mean we have to consider it a, a win necessarily. But I think you're looking at, I mean, the Eagles, they've mm -hmm. got Carson Wentz. The Cowboys, they're about to lock up Dak Prescott for way too much money, and that's another that could be a whole other podcast, really. And then the Redskins, who get Dwayne Haskins, and they're putting him – they're, he, they're getting him with a chip on his shoulder, and I've never really seen that chip-on-the-shoulder mentality from Daniel Jones I think I sent you a picture of him at the rookie premiere. He looks like a, a punter in his uniform. I mean, he just he's just an underwhelming appearance-wise. I loved what I saw from him in some some of the games I watched, especially that the last game that Duke played. I can't remember if it was a bowl game or a regular season game, but he looked really good in that last game. It was. I think he had like 270 yards in the air and 150 yards on the ground or something crazy like that yeah. in that bowl game there. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I agree, but to your comment about the sleeves, man, to all you young quarterbacks that may be listening to this, tight sleeves are the way to go. Sammy <laughs> sleeves never looked good in his loose sleeves, okay? Right. No quarterback looks good in his loose sleeves. If you don't believe me, go take your butt on Madden, create a player, and put some loose quarterback sleeves on them, and then put the tight sleeves on them and tell me mm -hmm. which one you go with. The loose sleeves, I don't care if it makes you a better thrower. <laughs> I don't care. It's all about looking good. You look good, you'll mm -hmm. inevitably play good, and I damn sure know the fans will have a little bit more faith in old Daniel Jones up there if he just didn't look identical mm -hmm. to Eli Manning with a worse body. Um, so let's move on, I guess, from there. That's about all we can say, sir. Mm -hmm. Let's yeah. move on to the Washington Redskins. You know, they draft Dwayne Haskins with the 15th overall pick, and luckily for – their owner, Mr. Schneider, he was available there at 15. They didn't even have to move. So I think a lot of people gave them a pretty or you know, a pretty high grade on their draft just because of that. And then they follow it up with Montez Sweat there in the back of round one. But to me, I'll go ahead and give you my winners. I think it's everyone, literally mm -hmm. everyone. This football team finished the season last year, Sarah, with the number one overall pick, Josh. Johnson at quarterback and I know what you're thinking he wasn't a number one pick Brooks <laughs> yes he was he was I the number it. one pick in the AAF number one overall and he inevitably got signed and picked up there in Washington when Colt McCoy 
broke his leg in about seven different places there oh. about week what was that week nine I think because Josh Johnson and the boys yeah. kind of figured it out the rest of the season so that's my big winner right off the bat it's everyone <laughs> and I can get into a little more specifics uh, if you don't hit my two guys I got two two names for you but Sarah who are some winners from this move of drafting Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State Man, I just got to credit you. That was a pretty good one with the the Josh Johnson being a number one pick. That's a good one. That's a good one right there. And it was a pick in vain because you know what? He never got to play for that team because he got never even strapped it up, man. Yep. Yeah, I remember that too. The AAF QB draft. That was I actually sat and watched that. So that's how that's how pathetic I am sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, I think that you know. This is interesting because you could argue, are the Redskins dumber than than the Giants for sitting at 15? I don't think any team in this year's draft needed a quarterback more than the Redskins in 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 terms of like the immediate sense of it. Um, so I don't know a who's rookie dumber. quarterback out of anything. That, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they really. absolutely had to have a rookie quarterback. Exactly, they did, and they. I think they, if they had the number one pick, everyone. I mean, that's. I don't know if they would have taken a different player than this. So they kind of really lucked out in this situation. But I think, like you said, everyone's really a winner. And like you said, you could get into specific guys here. A um, couple of the receivers there. I think that the biggest winner here is Jay Gruden, because guess whose seat is hot? Jay Gruden. And uh, Jay Gruden needed a young quarterback to develop. They made the big trade last year. And obviously all their big moves go on on Snyder and everything. And we get that. But at the same time, you know, they're always looking for a scapegoat. Every NFL executive is looking for a scapegoat. And so I think that Jay Gruden seat white hot after this season. I mean, or, and heading into this season, really. But now you've got Dwayne Haskins. I think having a rookie quarterback with a strong roster buys you a little bit of time because you want to see what this guy can do and grow. You don't want him to constantly be changing offenses, changing systems, having to relearn terminology, especially coming from the Ohio State offense and now into the the Jay Gruden style of offense, which I think will suit Haskins pretty well. So I think that I think that the biggest winner here is Jay Gruden, in my opinion. Yeah, I know two players that I like in this situation. Uh, Jordan Reed, man, he's been on and off IR for what seems like his entire career. But all young quarterbacks need a safe haven in their tight end. And Josh or Jordan Reed, excuse me, is exactly that when and if healthy. But again, that's a major, major key there for Jordan Reed. It really hasn't happened over the last two seasons. And then another guy, man, Josh Doxson. Look, Doxson mm -hmm. has one more season to prove he's worth that 22nd overall pick that they took back there in 2016 and he was a deep ball beast there at TCU and mm -hmm. we just haven't seen it since he got to Washington so maybe a second chance here with Dwayne Haskins as his quarterback yeah. this will be pretty much his only outside threat there in Washington will be Josh Doxson so we can see if he can stay healthy I know he was banged up his rookie year there in Washington and then last season uh, last couple seasons hadn't really had that great of a year statistically, especially a um, couple drops here. Man. But that's that's my two guys that win there in this Washington yeah. uh, ordeal with their new quarterback. I'll let you have the floor with your Denver Broncos, Sarah. They've drafted <laughs> the next quarterback off the board in the second round. What was that? Pick 52? Um, so, or no, 42, excuse me. 42, um, yeah, they did off have the board there. Oh, well, there you go. It was yeah. Draymond Jones there at 52, or they did have it traded Well, back they up traded up from – yeah, they traded up from 52 to 42. So you got it right both ways kind of. So, yeah, definitely. No, man, this is uh, this is an interesting one because the Broncos have been obviously starving for a young quarterback 
for many years now. I mean, we we've gone through the Jay Cutler debacle and trading away what we thought was our franchise. And I say we, you know, I'm one of those fans that associates as we. So just get off my back about it, man. Come on now. Um, but the Jay Cutler years, man, when he was supposed to be the second coming, the next gunslinger, he was a Pro Bowl quarterback right before he got traded, and then. We had to endure the Orton years, man. Kyle Orton. I don't know if any of you out there can relate to having Kyle Orton as your starter. Great, I'm sure he's a great dude, but man, come on. I mean, this that was ridiculous. We traded a Pro Bowl QB for Kyle Orton, and we've been spinning our wheels and spinning <laughs> our wheels, and all of a sudden, here comes Peyton Manning, and he delivers a championship basically, you know, with one leg and one arm. But uh, man, it's it's been a long time coming for an exciting young QB. Pro- prospect and everybody tricked themselves into believing that Paxton was the guy and uh here we are three years after Paxton was drafted and Drew Locke coming into the into the fray I think you're right I think Joe Flacco's a, a big winner here because the Broncos really showed their commitment to him by not taking Drew Locke 10th overall or 20th overall which they very easily could have and nobody would have batted an eye about it right I mean if they had taken Drew Locke that high Nobody would have said, you know, well, this is a bad pick, yada, yada, because everyone kind of expected that to happen throughout the offseason. But I think a big winner is obviously obviously Flacco. He's going to get a year to prove that he's worth 20-plus million next season that he's due. And so uh, if, he, if he can do that, you know, that's more power to him. But at the same time, I think another winner in this situation has got to be John Elway because Elway's had so much pressure on him to find that young quarterback. And in my personal opinion, Drew Locke was, you know, I, I don't want to say I, I like him better than Kyler Murray as far as just a dynamic presence, but I would have put oh, him at QB1 in this draft. I would have put him at QB1 in this draft. I would have. I would have just because, like we talked about on the last episode, and if you haven't listened to it, you should go back and listen to it because we talk about some it factor, and Drew Locke has That's a pro it. right there. He, he Yeah, absolutely. So that's a nice plug right there, isn't it? I, you know, it's like I've been no, doing I this said, my whole you're life. You're a pro, man. That was a that was a professional plug right there. Yeah, to absolutely. the folks back to the other episode. While we're being professional, let's like, subscribe, rate, and review, my <laughs> listeners. If you're listening to the words of these voice right here, if you're hearing these voices, like, subscribe, rate, review, however, wherever you found us. We appreciate you guys for doing that. But no, back to mm-hmm. Flacco, man. I really – I was going to ask you. I know what the sentiment was there in Baltimore. With them training up in last year's draft – to get Lamar Jackson there in the back end of round one. There was pressure on that Baltimore staff to play him and play him almost as early as possible, though it did take the week, you know, 11, I think was uh, Lamar's first start last year. So let me ask you this, Sarah, you know the sentiment of those Denver Broncos fans. How long is it going to take before they ask or, or are calling for Drew Locke to be the starting quarterback? Or does Flacco, you know, kind of have an extended leash here as Drew Locke coming from a a very wide-open spread system there in Missouri, obviously going to have to figure out that offense there in uh, Denver? Well, the the sad but funny thing is at the same time, kind of like a clown with an umbrella and just a single rain cloud over him at the same time. uh, The sad thing about Denver Broncos fandom is everyone's going to be calling for him basically at the first incomplete pass Joe Flacco throws or the first interception that he throws. We're going to get calls for the backup quarterback. That has been happening for years and years and years. And not even Peyton Manning was immune to that. I don't I can't say that anyone was ever calling for Brock Osweiler. But during that 
Yeah, Plummer. I mean, and and ironically, people were not calling for him to be benched. They they did not want Plummer out of there at the time. Mike Shanahan wanted Plummer out of there at the time for Jay Cutler, but I think that you're going to hear the Boo Birds right away. Especially, it doesn't matter if he's a second or seventh round pick. We had the we had fans calling for Chad Kelly last year, and we've had fans calling for Kyle Sloter. We've had, I mean, top to bottom. It doesn't matter who the backup quarterback is. It's the lesser of two evils, right? So if your starting quarterback isn't getting the job done, well, let's put the backup in. Well, it's not really like a, a – it doesn't really work like starting pitchers and relief pitchers in baseball where your relief pitcher can come in and just shut it down for a bit. This is the NFL, and you have tiers of quarterbacks. And so, like you said, it could take Locke some time from everything that I heard. sounded like he was picking it up really well at OTAs, which is great to hear. But the Broncos also feel their coaching staff and Elway specifically feel like Flacco's a great fit for this rich Gangarello offense. And and so I think they're going to try to make it work for as long as they possibly can. And I don't know if we'll see Drew Locke until the Broncos are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs if that if and when that happens. You know, whether it's Drew Locke or Joe Flacco, man, two names that I think have to, you know, kind of step up this year and might benefit from, you know, both these quarterbacks, especially Corton Sutlin is one of those names, man. Like I said, either one of these quarterbacks, to me, watching them both, uh, Flacco and Drew Locke's time there in Missouri, both of these guys throw really, really good deep balls. And that's what Sutton does, man. Again, he's one of those 50-50 beasts. That's what he did at SMU. Uh, that's what he did in his rear last year at well. He had over 700 yards on just 42 receptions. So I expect a lot out of Cortland Sutton this year. I expected a lot out of him last year as a true rookie. Um, another guy that absolutely needs rebound, that's Emmanuel Sanders, my man. Uh, he had three great seasons in 14, 15, and 16 there in Denver after signing that big contract with the Broncos. And then he's fallen off over the last two seasons, man. He needs a revamp big time in a big way this year. What do you think about those two names? And I know, I know you love your boy Noah Fant, my guy. Oh, yeah, I love Noah Fan. I think if there's anything that Flacco is going to enhance, it'll be the tight end position where the Broncos' production has just been awful the past few years. And so Noah Fant gets a bump there. Even guys like Jeff Hireman, Jake Butt, Troy Fumagalli, if they can stay healthy. By the way, if you're an all-Big Ten tight end, just an early congratulations to being drafted by the Denver Broncos because that's apparently what we do every single year since 2014, taking the all-Big Ten tight end. But – um yeah, I think I like those picks that you Shout made. Shout out there. Jake Butt. Shout out Jake Butt. I got his jersey hanging in my uh, hanging in my closet right now just because it's a, a funny. It's probably piece. not something <laughs> you should say over the airwaves. <laughs> just, I just you know it's a funny piece and it had to be part of the wardrobe yeah. immediately upon his drafting. So um, yeah, I think Sutton's a good one. Emmanuel Sanders, another good one. He's been injured. I think you, if if you look back at last year, the Broncos got up to six and six after their really slow start, and then Emmanuel Sanders tore his uh, Achilles in practice, unfortunately, and then their playoff hopes died right at that point. He was the offensive MVP outside of Philip Lindsay last year. He was playing well, and and then got hurt, and he's got hurt the last two seasons. So it's no no uh, surprise that he's fallen off over the last you know 2017 and 2018. But I'll give you one more name for the Broncos who stands to benefit from having a veteran quarterback who understands how to find open receivers. That's Deshaun Hamilton, who I think uh, the former Penn State receiver is going to be open more than pretty much any receiver on the Broncos roster because he's maybe their best route runner and he might have the best hands as well. And so I think that they're going to get him the ball a lot. 
some people are projecting not not even Broncos fans projecting 90 catches for this guy. Some fantasy guys who really liked him coming out Ooh. of college. I know that's a surprise name, but if if you do see it, just remember that you heard it here first on the NFL Mocks podcast. That a boy, that boy. All right, so that I mean, are those the only three rookies we think might have a chance to start? I know we had a a look at Ryan Finley, maybe if Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bills. Let's. In ten, come week thirteen, he might get a mm-hmm. shot late. But you don't think any other rookie quarterbacks are going to get a shot to start this season in meaningful football games, do you, sir? No, I don't think so. I think you're right. I think you're right about that. All right, so let's move on to the teams that signed free agent quarterbacks and brought them in, starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their eighty-four million dollar man, I believe it was, mm-hmm. giving Nick Foles twenty-one million dollars a year over the next four. So right off the top, I'll go ahead and tell you the winners in this are everyone, man. Blake Bortles is gone, and my man, the entire county of Duval has breathed a sigh of relief. Let me break it down for you, Sarah. In his five seasons, I ran these numbers before the show, in his five seasons in Jacksonville, he averaged 241 yards per game on 59% completion, a little over a touchdown per start, and exactly one pick per start. That's not even counting the 45 times he fumbled during his time in Jacksonville. So my big winner right off the top is everyone, but especially that defense, man. They were on the football field way too much over the last five seasons because of those turnovers. Nobody turned the ball over more the last five seasons than Blake Bortles. So that's that's my little bill right there. And I hate to come out here taking daggers at Blake Bortles, but man, (laughs) 59% completion percentage. That that crap wouldn't even cut it in college. No, it was it was ugly, man. I I felt I mean you you rarely feel bad for a fan base that's not your own, but man, you almost felt bad for the Jaguars last year just watching because everybody, everybody knew seemingly except for the Jaguars brass that that it was fool's gold in 2017 right when they when they went to the afc championship game and actually kind of scared the patriots a little bit there but everyone saw that that was fool's gold i mean it was it was something that could not be repeated and bortles sure enough i mean boy that was one of the worst seasons that i've seen i mean he got benched last year for i i mean i don't even remember who was still on the team at that point i know they've traded traded for Kessler and things like that. So maybe it was him, but wow. And I think you're right. They're, yeah, they're Kessler, Kessler started a few games down there. Yeah, that's right. That was Kessler. Yeah. And that's, that's a sad state, right? I mean, that's where you're at. And so you're right. Everyone wins from this, this edition of Nick Foles. You're coming in. Uh, you got DeFilippo coming in as the offensive coordinator, kind of getting the second shot, which I thought that was lame that, I mean, I thought that was lame that he got fired from Minnesota because of Kirk Cousins' ineptitude. I don't think that was DeFilippo's fault, but I think it's going to be—I think it's going to be a big season for him as a potential because I think he's a great head coach candidate someday, and uh, I think this is going to be a big season for him to prove that he can take someone like Nick Foles and do something great with them. And so I think he's a big winner from this because he goes to—he gets fired from Minnesota where he you know, apparently couldn't make all the pieces work with the big money quarterback, the big money receivers, the, the Pro Bowl big money tight end, and the hot shot young running back. Now he goes to Jacksonville where he's got you know, d- probably worse personnel overall for sure, and uh, but he's got his Super Bowl MVP quarterback back, right? And he's got the guy that he won it all with. He's got the guy that he shared the highest of highs with 
and those boys are, are loving it down there with no state income tax. They've got a good defense. Hopefully Fournette comes back. They're just feeling good about it right now. And so I think that that, that DeFilippo, the offensive coordinator, is a big winner from this. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what right now. I believe DeFilippo, uh, what do you have, 12 games there in Minnesota before he was inevitably yeah. fired uh, towards the end of the season right there. I, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it was around 71%. They were throwing the ball on 71% of downs in Minnesota uh, if, before DeLipo, or, you know, before DeLipo was fired there in Minnesota. And I'm going to tell you what, if he does the same kind of stuff in Jacksonville, I'm going to drive my happy butt down there and slap him silly because my number two <laughs> winner of Nick Foles being on this roster has got to be Lynn Burnett. Maybe he'll see a couple yeah. more eight-man boxes this season as opposed to damn near 11, it seemed like, uh, when Bortles was down there in Jacksonville. Because I'll tell you what, man, defensive coordinators going into Jacksonville, going to play that man when Bortles was at the helm, uh, they were probably more worried about Bortles' leg than they ever even were his arm. I, I, mm -hmm. I watched way too many Jacksonville games where corners are walked up in press man coverage, uh, safeties are rolled down into the box. They say, okay, Leonard Fournette's not beating us today. I don't care if you give him the ball 40 times, he might get 80 yards because we're going to stack the box that heavily. I don't think that's going to be able to happen now with Nick Foles at the helm. So that's my big second winner. Do you have any more for the Jacksonville Jaguars, my man? No, you know, I don't think I have any more for the Jaguars off the top of my head. I, I do like... I've always really liked D.D. Westbrook, and I hope that they can find a way to make things work for him because I think he's a really talented guy. I don't think he's quite obviously on the level of what Hollywood Brown was coming out, but he was really an impactful player kind of in a similar way for, for Oklahoma. And so I, I really thought that he's got big potential in the NFL, and he's flashed it at times. So I hope having a competent veteran quarterback out there in an offense that suits him can really help elevate his career because I think he's a great player. I like that as well. I like I love Didi Westbrook coming out of uh, Oklahoma as you did um, there. So our next team we've got is obviously the Miami Dolphins, man, and they're going to have a new quarterback at the helm. Uh, got rid of Ryan Tannehill this year. He's now backing up Mariota uh, in Tennessee. Quick sidebar here, Sarah. Ryan Tannehill, best backup quarterback in the league, or is it Teddy oh, yeah. Bridgewater? Yeah, Ryan Tannehill for sure. I think he's a I think he's even a decent starter, especially when healthy. Yeah. So I think he's probably mid level starter when healthy. And so yeah, the Titans quarterback situation right now, it's it's kind of just you hope one guy stays healthy for a long period of time and you can get something going because the more those guys play, I think that the better they're gonna be as mm -hmm. a team. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if Ryan Tannehill, you know, if that was his, his, if it was his only option, that's one thing there in Tennessee. But even if he had multiple options, I'm going to tell you what, he made a damn good decision to go to Tennessee because I can already see Marcus Mariota walking into the, uh, into the locker room there in the start of the second quarter mm -hmm. because, you know, something's wrong because an ankle hurts or because, you know, his hand is bothered. He's got dead nerves all the way up his throwing arm like right. we saw last year. So this Dolphins team, though, back to them, it's either going to be Fitzmagic or Josh Rosen. And by the way, Sarah, are we ever going to stop with the Fitzmagic thing or is he forever <laughs> known as Fitzmagic? Is that just what we're going to call him? You know what? I think that the Dolphins should play that into their favor some somehow, some way. They should try – you know how, like, uh, I don't know if you've heard about how in baseball, like, some teams are getting a little crazy and they're using their best relievers – 
uh, to start off games so that they can start off games mm-hmm. with a lead. Well, we know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is pretty much going to, he's pretty much guaranteed to give you a stretch of like three games where he's just unbelievable. So how can, how can the dolphins like strategically place that like a baseball manager would a, a great relief pitcher, like bring Ryan Fitzpatrick in when you need three straight games of just otherworldly quarterback play and then take him out after those three games. Don't, don't keep right trying to ride the momentum. Just take the three games and and just be done with it, and see what happens. But all kidding aside, I, I think you're right. I think I mean Fitz Magic, until he just stinks, you know, right when he right out of the gates when he gets out there. But man, the the Tampa Bay passing attack last year that had some juice to it. I think they were the number one passing attack in the NFL if I they remember were. right. And so and he had something to do with that. So I don't know. I'll be interested to see what happens mm-hmm. there for sure. I mean, early signs so far through OTAs point to Fitz being the man, but I know Rosen is the better of the two quarterbacks. And just for him, man, I can't say this enough. I've said it on the podcast a ton. I want this kid to succeed, Sarah, just because of what happened to him there in Arizona. Having your name dragged through the mud like that for no apparent reason Mm -hmm. other than the fact that your new head coach wants his quarterback and wants to get rid of you. Um, You know, I'm just – I'm sympathetic, I guess. I'm just weak. I'm soft. But, um, you know, I feel for the guy for sure, and I want him to succeed. But, but as guys that are most impacted uh, by this quarterback situation, I'm going to say opposing defenses, man. Whether it's Fitz or it's Rosen there, they're going to yeah. turn the ball over in Miami. Um, but it sure as hell is going to be exciting, the quarterback. Yeah. No, you're you're definitely right about that. I think uh, on, along the along those lines, I think a similar winner is Tom Brady and, and the New England Patriots because they've probably got yeah. three of the most, if not the most turnover prone quarterbacks in that division now between oh well four really between Fitz and Rosen with Miami and then Josh Allen in Buffalo and Sam Darnold was obviously known for that at USC as well, turning getting a little reckless with the ball and trying to play hero a little bit too much, but Man, that's a that's a funny thing to think about because the road has never been really that difficult for Brady and the Patriots, has it? I mean, but now all these teams are breaking in young quarterbacks at the back end of what we think is the back end of Brady's career. And here he goes. He's just going to be able to coast to another, you know, 11, 13 wins this season and uh, make the playoffs as division champions. And the road to the AFC is probably going to run through him and his boys again. So you got to think, I mean, you got to think that the biggest winner here is Bill Belichick just licking his chops. He gets to go against three young quarterbacks twice a year this season coming off a Super Bowl title. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And and I think a, maybe the biggest winner overall is probably Rosen cuz he gets to go to mm-hmm. he gets to go to Miami and he gets to play for a new coaching staff that that truly wants him. And he gets to compete for the starting job, which I think is kind of a joke, like you mentioned, but he gets to compete for the starting job, which I think he'll ultimately win. And and hopefully he's able to start something great there in Miami, because I think Rosen is a really good prospect who's kind of gotten a raw deal because of past things like, you know, his, his hot tub in his dorm or whatever that was. And just things like that, that have happened that have caused people to think that he's awesome. maybe that's what it yeah. was there. It, it is. Awesome. I would. I mean, if I could have had one, I would have done it. I mean, shoot, I would have had a hot yeah, tub in my sure. room if that was possible. You know what I'm saying? So, but I guess then maybe I would have got traded by the Arizona Cardinals too. 
<laughs> All right, man. We were going to hit on the uh, San Francisco 49ers because, you know, they basically get their quarterback back. They didn't get to see much of him last year as he got went down there, uh, I think, in week three uh, with that torn ACL, did Jimmy G. But we don't really have time for those guys, so we'll hit on the two big names uh, that we kind of teased earlier in the show. These two wide receivers, man, they got new, two new teams. They got mm. uh, two new quarterbacks, one for the better, maybe one for the worst, starting with Antonio Brown, man. He goes from Pittsburgh, playing with Big Ben. Now he's in Oakland, playing with Derek Carr or David Carr, whichever one of those damn Carr brothers it is. <laughs> I know it's Derek. Don't get in my DMs. Mm. I understand. But nonetheless, what do you think of the move there from Antonio Brown? Are we going to see a higher rate of production? I definitely think we're going to see a higher rate of targets, but I don't know if it's going to be a lot more yardage. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, I think from like a fantasy perspective, not much will really probably change for Antonio Brown. He's probably going to get his touches, like you said. But I think that the interesting thing for him here is kind of just that mojo surrounding him. You know, you spend so much time with a certain group of people and either either learn to love each other or you get really sick of each other. And Antonio was clearly sick of the situation in Pittsburgh. It didn't matter how good Mike Tomlin was as a coach. didn't matter how good Ben Roethlisberger was as a quarterback. I think you go to a place now where Derek Carr is like probably beyond excited to be playing with Antonio Brown. Not that he's like worshiping him or anything, but I think Antonio Brown wanted to feel wanted or kind of like he was the alpha in the room, so to speak. And he's mm -hmm. getting that now. He's not, he's not the, he's no longer the number two in the city of Pittsburgh behind Roethlisberger, the Super Bowl MVP, yada, yada. Well, he's the number one in Oakland. Make no doubt about that. And John Gruden loves that. And John Gruden probably loves the, he's talked about how he's the best practice wide receiver he's ever seen. And of course, Gruden's guy, been around. Yeah, I, I love this guy, man. Yeah, this guy's great, I love man. This guy, man. <laughs> man don't you miss having him in the booth by the way i mean he's great oh, on monday night football he was awesome two white banana man yeah, yeah man i'm gonna tell you that right now man all right that's enough uh, of the damn gruden impersonations but <laughs> no i'm here with you i think antonio brown i think antonio brown's target shares uh go up tremendously but again i don't know if you're gonna see touchdowns you know what he 15 touchdowns last year there in pittsburgh i don't yeah. think you see anything crazy like that going on in oakland hell i don't even know if the oakland offense will score 15 times this year um you know probably take the under on most oakland raiders football games coming up this next season but the other guy man We've got nothing but good things to say about his quarterback change. Odell Beckham. Now, he may have to go from living in a high-rise in New York City to having to move to Cleveland, Ohio, of all places. <laughs> but nonetheless, his quarterback situation gets way better, even if his living situation doesn't better get better. It's going from Eli Manning to now mm. Baker Mayfield, who we saw what he could do last year as a rookie. What do you think Odell Beckham does this year? You know, having a competent quarterback for probably the first time since, what, his rookie or maybe sophomore year there in New York when Eli was still yeah. halfway decent before we all started ragging on him? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those rare situations that you as like a fan or if you if you still play Madden, which I haven't played Madden in a really long time, but like this is the kind of pairing that you would put on Madden and you'd be like, man, could you just imagine if these two guys ever got together? Well, here we are in real life and Baker Mayfield, the best young quarterback in the league for from the last, you know, I don't know. I can't say the last two. I can't say the last three drafts because we got Pat Mahomes figured in there. But let's say the last two 
draft yeah. classes. Baker Mayfield, the best young quarterback from these last two draft classes, and now you've got Odell Beckham coming in. And man, the the thought of what these two guys can do together, not even to mention the fact that Odell gets to play with his childhood buddy Jarvis Landry and the chemistry that these guys are gonna have. I just think it's I think it's great for the NFL. I think it's great for Cleveland and Baker Mayfield and Odell together on the same field. I mean, man, if anybody's gonna find a way to get that guy the football, it's gonna be Baker Mayfield. And so I, I can't wait to see what these guys do. Yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield, nothing gets that guy off more than a tight window throw. I, I, I genuinely think – I mean, he I, – I, no, I'm dead serious. I think he yeah. enjoys a tight window throw more than a wide open, you know, let's call it, you know, a slant route. I, I really do. I think he enjoys that tight window back shoulder throw more than anything. And no one's better at catching that football outside of maybe DeAndre Hopkins, I would say, than Odell Beckham. And then not to mm-hmm. mention what he can do after the catch. And I think – something really really good there getting back with juice man him and Jarvis Landry definitely keen spirits I think they're almost they might as well be identical twins in emotional manner uh, and even physical stature they're basically the same uh, receiver physically Uh, Odell probably a little twitchier and a little uh, faster with the long speed but nonetheless I love what Odell Beckham uh, is now able is going to now able to be doing uh, there in uh, Cleveland and you know him with Lil Wayne sitting next to him last year in that ESPN uh, interview he said man I want to play with a quarterback that can go deep I want to play with a quarterback that can make those types of throws and no one goes deeper with better confidence than Baker Mayfield in the NFL mm-hmm. nowadays and I think that's absolutely true um, Sarah man do you have any other comments about these two wide receivers gosh you know I just think if I could if I could say one thing about the the decision by the Browns to trade for Odell Beckham. You know what I'm saying? Like, is there a better use of a kind of a weak first round pick? Like the, the New York giants took Dexter Lawrence, who's a, he's a solid player with that 17th overall pick, but I don't understand why when there's so much, there's so much controversy happening around the league. It seems there's so few teams that seem to be willing to give up first round assets to go get a veteran player like Odell Beckham. Like if you think if you could put all the the list of all the teams that should have traded a first round pick for Odell Beckham Jr., why were why was the 17th overall pick the highest pick on and maybe it wasn't, but why was that the the pick that they settled on for Odell? And how did they how did the Giants let that happen? I mean, trade him to the trade him to someone else, but if you have a first round pick in the NFL draft and you're thinking that you're going to get somebody better than Odell Beckham Jr. And I realize that money's involved, but I mean, you got to be kidding yourself. Like that's that there's no better use in my opinion of a first round draft pick than to enhance the culture of your team with something established like that. And to, to put a playmaker like that in your offense, there's more teams should do that is essentially what I'm saying. And I think that we've seen a little bit of a turning of the tide there. We've seen a couple pass rushers get acquired via trade for first round pick or high second round picks. But I mean, man, even Jimmy G only went for a second round pick. So teams got to be willing to use their first round picks uh, or be willing to trade good players for first round picks. Uh, It's got to be kind of a mutual thing anyway, but I, I just think, that's such a great use of a first round pick. And obviously the Browns still got greedy Williams in the second round. So it's like, what did it even matter? You know, they could have taken him at 17 and nobody would have cared about that either. So I know we have, 
you know, greedy is obviously not the it factor we like we talked about, but I mean, man, shoot, trade your first round pick for players like Odell Beckham Jr. or, or other star players who are in bad situations and get these things done, man. Yeah, I mean, this is a concept the NBA's picked up on years ago, man. Trading for the superstars and giving up the future. They do it all the time. Hell, the 2021, I think it was the 2023 Miami Heat pick just got given up uh, in <laughs> NBA trade talks right there. So, I mean, they're, they're literally future of the future down the road there in the NBA for superstars because that's what this league's all about. Even though it is the NFL, even though they are 52-man monsters, even though the draft's way deeper, those first-round picks, man, they're not as valuable as an Odell Beckham Jr. They're not as val- – I mean, a fourth and a fifth is what Antonio Brown got traded for. We all know that. Right. But a lot of that had to do with, you know, him diminishing his own trade value, which is, again, a whole other podcast. But I think you're definitely hitting on something. And I think it's – you know, the tide's kind of turning in the NFL. I think teams are a little more willing to trade for these types of assets and give up the future because – you know, especially when you got a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract, you're in win now mode, man. That window is ever so closing when you got to start giving that. I mean, Baker Mayfield, mark my words, he'll get $40 million a year in three years when that rookie contract's up. If you don't believe me, come see me in three years. That's what it'll be because guess what? The cap is rising every single year. Um, but I, I, that's pretty much our show tonight, Sarah. Do you have anything else, my man? Gosh, you know, that's – I think that's a great way to great way to end it. Um, you got to think, you know, if just to just to solidify some bad vibes for some fan bases. If you're a Green Bay Packers, you could have had Odell Beckham Jr. instead of Maurice Hurst or Darnell Savage. I mean, give me a break with this stuff. But you're right. I mean, NBA teams are on it. NFL teams are starting to get on it. But let's see it a little bit more. And uh, man, Cleveland Browns going to be the most fun team to watch at least in the early part of the season we'll see how it works out but i'm excited to see those guys play all right so just for the listeners know that was sarah bettinger that's out here throwing salt in the wounds there (laughs) in green bay that's not on me that's on my co-host but man we appreciate you guys for listening to us here on the nfl mocks podcast we will see you on thursday night that episode will be ready for you friday morning uh this one will come out tuesday morning we appreciate you guys hope you had a great memorial day uh, and, man, go check out NFLMocks.com. My boy Sarah is editing the hell out of all of the articles and pieces. He is the best, absolutely, Sarah. Let them know where they can find you on Twitter, and uh, I'll hit them with mine when you're done. Yeah, I appreciate it, Brooks. And and thanks for mentioning Memorial Day, too. I think it's such a great opportunity for us to to honor those who serve and, and those who have fallen. And so for those of you who, who have a loved one who uh, passed away uh, serving this country, Thank you for for your support of them, and just uh, hope that you hope that you feel some peace in this moment today. Uh, and thank you for those of you who are actively serving. We respect you guys and gals so much. You are truly heroes, and uh, we love to talk football with all of you. So if you do serve and you want to give us a shout on Twitter, you can find me at Sarah Bettinger. Uh, like Brooks said, you can always read our stuff over at NFL Mox. We got a great crew of people over there putting some things together, and so. Uh, I just love it, man. It's so cool that we get to do this, do this together and have this awesome community wherever we're at. 
Yeah, man, it's pretty cool. I get to run my suck for fun, uh, and I get to do it with a, a buddy of mine who I quite enjoy, even if he is all the way over there in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. Shout out to Google Hangouts. Um, you can check me out on Twitter at Brooks. That's B-O-O-K-S underscore Austin. Spelt like the city, F-S. So that's Brooks underscore Austin, F-S, F-S for fan side. We appreciate you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. Uh, see you guys. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.